0: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It's time for Cover Two Broncos. Just a couple dudes breaking down scheme, film, and the
0: numbers. Now, your host. Joe Rowles and Jeff Essery. Welcome back
2: to another episode of Cover 2 Broncos. I am Joe Rowles.
1: What's up? I am Jeffrey Essery.
2: And we are welcome back, welcoming back Tim Jenkins. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: I'm pumped to be back. I was surprised when you uh, sent out the link again that uh, someone responded and was like, that was the best hour and 20 minutes. I thought someone would respond and be like, that dude sucks. But... We uh, it was fun, man! It was a blast. Yeah, I mean, I took
2: notes. Like, I went back when I edited our podcast before. I actually took a bunch of notes from that, and then I went over like a bunch of the videos that you've had, and I actually was taking notes on that. So, yeah, I mean, I had to invite you back. So, I'm I'm stoked to have you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I appreciate it. It was it was a blast, and I mean, you guys are the two of the best follows on Twitter. You guys are hilarious. So, I love it, and it's it's fun, and I like to see everyone's reactions to you guys. when you? What do you have to take? <laughs>
2: yeah. So how about that Super Bowl? My brother thought it was awful. I thought it was great. Um it was a blowout, but I thought it was really Yeah. It was awesome. Like it was an awesome game. It was just also kind of boring.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, it was interesting too because it kind of shifts the dynamic of you know, I mean, more or less the Chiefs looked invincible for a while there. So it kind of shifts the dynamic a little bit there. It 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 shows you and again, it's not a knock on Mahomes, right? But it shows you that anyone can look human, right? When they're playing behind, uh, you know, a below-average, you know, performance up front, and and then it goes to show you. And this is where I think it's it's nuanced, of course, but um, it goes to show you that maybe that the the pocket passer is not dead, right? We we kind of right now we're kind of we are we're always a prisoner of the moment, and we're seeing kids that are more athletic really kind of take a a jump um, and and really kind of just dominate the scene, you know. Mahomes is freakishly athletic, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, I mean, you know, how many times did people run two man against him, and he goes and breaks off for twenty yards. So he's on a bum, you wheel. know, he's, yeah, he's mobile. and um but then you see, you know, Brady just dice him up and win his seventh, but he's now the most winning franchise in football. So
1: <laughs> Brady is both a brand and a franchise. that that actually it brings up an interesting point because you you had Russell Wilson in the news recently as well um stirring up a little bit of um controversy with his comments on hey i'm tired of getting hit all of that you know and, and it goes both ways of russell wilson's one of the i think he's one of the top two guys in terms of how long he holds the ball and he's another one of those yeah guys so i mean i'm sure we'll get into it when we talk to prospects but that's interesting that you bring that up Of the, the i think that that dichotomy of you've got these athletic guys that are you know they have all the tools um but there is a downside potentially if they're hanging onto the ball too long or or something like that so i, I think it is an interesting point of like do you think some of the, that you think that translates at all to some of these guys coming out of or is there any pure pocket passer that could be successful when everybody's looking for all the toolsy stuff
0: I think what's hard too, and this is, um, you know, something I, we've tried to contemplate internally, right? Cause our job is to make quarterbacks better is how often do we let athletic, and we're talking about this internally, right? How often do we let our more athletic kids off the hook, yeah. um, in terms of, you know, football IQ and these other things, cause we know they're going to go out there and make plays. And then is that the best thing long-term for them? You know, like a kid like Cam Newton, how many jobs did coaches get because Cam Newton's Cam Newton, right? And how, you know, think about Gus Malzahn, right? I mean, how many people benefited from his athleticism? But then, how much would that kid have benefited just from someone being like, "Hey, man, I know you're dominating right now, but trust me, like you're gonna want to learn this, this, and this, and I'm gonna push you this way for the long term." Those are interesting conversations that I think, you know, are uh, we as coaches probably need to have more mm-hmm. uh, but you know i, I mean listen th- it's kind of this has kind of been an interesting year too more or less not only from you know what what we were talking about the super bowl specifically but also just me I, I can't remember in my lifetime really quarterbacks being as vocal as they are right now about being unhappy um, and I'm never going to be one of those guys who's like, you know, back in my day, cause that's just stupid, right? Like, you know, it, it, who am I to say what's right and wrong? It is interesting though, to kind of see what's going to shake out. Cause you know, I like Russell was probably the last guy in the league that I really thought would say something like he, that, you know, and, and who knows what he meant and who knows what kind of day he was having, right? The kid was probably pissing him off and then he says something on the radios, right? So it's like, you know, you never know, but I, it is going to be interesting because it's something that, like the guy who you know, a bunch of Broncos covers been about Peyton getting inducted. Um, and Joe, you're freaking hilarious on Twitter talking about the fans going at each other, and he's going in as both teams, right? But it's yeah. it is funny to see everyone argue about him. <laughs> but you would have never heard. I mean, okay. he would have said in the he would have said internally, "Hey, you guys need to, you know, you need to pick it up." But he would, I would, I don't remember him ever being in the media saying, "I'm tired of being hit," but. <laughs>
2: I think once I remember this once, just because it was really early in me getting really obsessed with the NFL. I remember yeah. once after one of the playoff losses to the to the Patriots, he mentioned something along the lines of like my like I think it was one of his tackles missed the block. And the whole yeah. like ESPN covered it for four days, like it was like yeah <laughs> thing for four days. And and, and, and and I think like the fact that Mahomes struggled so much, like I was telling Jeff right before we hopped on, like. When I looked at the range of outcomes for the Super Bowl, I never thought a blowout in Tampa's favor was really no. in parts because I just thought no. Mahomes is going to make enough plays. And yeah. and and I think we like as a like a, a NFL fans in general, like I think we overrated how much Mahomes is able to overcome. And and again, yeah. like that's that's it speaks to how good he is because like I mean, I I have to hate him because he's the reason the Broncos aren't relevant, like a big part of it. Yeah. But like you watch him. You can't. You can't help but be in awe. Like he's so good. Oh yeah. But yeah, losing losing Fisher and losing Schwartz. Like yeah, I think every quarterback's going to be kind of screwed by that.
0: Yeah. So. And, and then again, it's you know it just goes back to show and and uh, again I'm not trying to devalue the quarterback position because if you don't have one, you're you're just you yeah. can't win. But it does go to show again, right? And just remind us this is the ultimate team game because you know you could have the most talented guy on planet earth back there and against the right defense. And with the right guys out on offense, you're to score nine points or whatever it ended up being. And that's where it's like, man, that's crazy. Cause he is Mahomes is once in once in a generation in mul- in and in, to me in, in multiple aspects, right. You know, you could say Favre like with his arm or Rogers like with his arm, but I think he's a hundred times more mobile than that's those right. guys were, um, you know and again aaron Rodgers is still a a highly mobile guy it's just not to me it's not the same so you know to know that that guy's back there and then he still struggles you know if xyz is not right around him and and then like deshaun is a great example of that too right the guy goes out and dominates at the quarterback position and they still lose because it's a team game you got to play defense and that's where it just you know it's a friendly reminder right of how you know how much a quarterback matters to be relevant but then again it it's not the only piece it's not like basketball right like you know if we signed lebron in denver and then it was us three with him and no one else on the court we'd still go 500 you know know. it's just not the same
1: (laughs) it's an interesting connection to what we're just talking about in terms of quarterbacks being vocal and i'm all for it with these young guys like a deshaun or something i mean i've said for the last couple of years, like they're wasting Deshaun Watson's career, you know? Yep. And I think some of the, maybe it's some of that, I think some of it is just also a bit of the, you know, they have more autonomy via social media or, or something like yeah. that, you know, the, I think the quarterbacks um, are, are stepping up a little bit more in, or it's just, it's, it's changing times, right? You mentioned the NBA, it feels like mm-hmm. a little bit more of that NBA style of the star guy, you know, yeah. Using what leverage he has, but I I do think it's interesting that you see guys doing that um, because I think they recognize that they need help around them. You know, a guy like yeah. Watson wants to go to some place where obviously the organization is not in shambles too, but then where he's got the pieces around him. And Russell Wilson is you know using his voice to kind of leverage to try to get some better pieces yeah. around them. And so to me, it's an interesting kind of clash of those two of. So I think it's, I think hey, it's, give me some, give me some help. Yeah. You know?
0: I think the Sean situation specifically is a lot, what you said about basketball. And I think these kids are tied in now and they're saying like, listen, you know, what's the difference between me and LeBron? Like, why can't I force my, right? Like I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I know there's guys uh, on both sides of like it. And like, listen, if I was a GM, Would I particular Would I would I like to be transparent? If I was a GM, I would kind of be like the only hesitation I would have is if I'm not doing a good job, he's gonna try to force the way out of here. Right. That would be my only hesitation. But again, is that like as real, is that realistic compared to the generational talent you're going to get? Probably not. So you, you bring him in anyways, my issue with Wilson though, saying it, and I don't want to be a jerk is it's like, dude, the reason Tom always got protected in New England was because he took giant pay cuts. To keep people around him, that's part like of it's it, tough yeah. when we broke up the Legion of Boom for you, and then you're complaining about getting protected. That's a tough. That's a tough thing to have it both ways. So it's like the sales guy who wants to make more money for you, and then he has to cover more territories, and he's pissed off. He's working more. It's like, well, buddy, I can't do. We can't do it all. <laughs> so,
2: I guess uh, because we talked about Deshaun, I just have to bring it up. Yeah. Take the picks out of it because like we, we can only guess at what the actual pick cost would be. Yeah. But how many players would you be willing to push into like a trade basket? If you
0: knew that you could get Watson on
2: the other end of it, or even Wilson. Yeah. And have to I be mean, on listen, the spot. it's tough and it's a hypothetical. Yeah. So
0: the one thing is that like, I don't really know fair value. Yeah. Um, what I, what I would say is I would be willing to, I would be willing to cut my hand off but i wouldn't be willing to sacrifice like more than like to where i cripple myself if that makes sense like i'd be willing to pay a premium um uh, uh, what that is i don't know like do you have to give up vaughn and and drew and then maybe a receiver you know i i mean that's interesting to me and i think like listen i just think the thing about Deshaun in comparison Mm -hmm. because we're going to sit here we're going to talk draft we're going to talk quarterbacks tonight in the draft and you know, listen, I, I feel like I've gotten to know these guys really well on tape, and I started to get to know Trevor Lawrence a little bit on tape who yeah. I'm
2: excited anyways. to bring I, Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah. I, I, but I uh so no matter what though, you know so much more about Deshaun. Yes. So it's worth X amount of first round picks because half of them are gonna be busts anyways. And that's, that's just like like listen, let to be honest. We all were, and I, I'm not saying we all, cause I like, I, I don't know what your guys' takes were on it, but and I, I wasn't doing this, but by and large, a lot of people thought Jared Goff and Carson Wentz were both going to be pretty good. We didn't envision a world in which one's getting traded for a guy at the very end of his career yeah. and another's probably going to get dealt and ran out of the city of brotherly love. Right? So it's like, you know, that there's going to be mistakes in this draft Yep, and you know what you have with Deshaun Watson. Now, could you have, could you of course get him in a different scheme and then it turns out, Oh wow. He takes a step back. Yeah. But what's a step back look like for him, yeah. right? He's probably still a pretty darn good quarterback. Um, so that's where I'd be willing to probably give up more than most is cause you know what you're getting with that being said, I think the Texans know that too.
1: Yeah.
0: And some of the stuff that I've seen floated out from how many picks it would be and all that other stuff. It just, I don't, I don't know if it's the right move from do you then deplete yourself to look like, are you going to start to look like the Texans Um, or do you just go all in, right. And then really just start getting rid of everybody to try to get the core and just go right now. Um, That's where it's also interesting is because, you know, you look at our division you give up and again a Broncos fans are gonna to hate to hear this, but you give up the hat you give up everything really for Deshaun, it's still no guarantee. Yep. Like as much as I love Deshaun and I, I you know I'm not trying to bash him in any way. Oh, you're not it's playing an all-time clip, right. it you still got Mahomes. Yep, right? And they have so it's now. like yeah, so it's like, man, you know, if if you if you sell everything and just to kind of teeter there. And then by the time this kid's actually done right in 30 years, I'm just kidding, but you know, whatever he starts to show some humanity, you're out of draft pick, So it doesn't matter anyway. So I do think that that would be one of the worries I would have, but I don't know how realistic that is for a GM to think that far out. Cause he's like, I'd be fired anyway. So, yep. um, you know, that's something where maybe we can kind of say more long-term because you know, quite frankly, we'll, we'll be all here. be sitting here talking about it. Yep. And, you know, after, you know, George has either been fired or, or you know, a statue built for him one way or another for those guys. So, yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. I would be – but I would be willing to give up probably a lot more than than a lot of people um,
1: just because you know
0: what you're going to get. And if you get that at that position – Everything else gets easier.
1: The, yeah. The, yeah. What you're going to get I think is an interesting um, – piece to carry into the discussion as well as we jump into draft picks, I'd love to, and we haven't talked about this, Joe, so let me just throw it. Oh yeah. Go Go for it. I want to hear from you at the start. We talked on the last time, um, Joe and I talked on the show was kind of just ranking our ideal quarterback situations. So take, um, you know, take the cost out of it, give us your ranking and then we can dig into the prospects for like why of, and now that Stafford's off the table for Denver, right? So let's throw out Deshaun Watson, any other veteran that yeah. could be available, Drew Locke rolling with him, or one of the five guys that we'll talk about tonight, um, you know, get what, what's thinking yeah. there in terms of best to worst, just situation, plug them in, run it in 2022, or 2021 and 2022. Yeah, so and,
0: realistically, Realistically with that, one, I kind of think you got to take Deshaun out of it because it'd definitely be him, right? Yeah. It's it, it, Just because of his youth and everything too. The, um, but I think it's an unfair comparison from like a price tag perspective. Like well, he just caught more. Oh, sorry. Well, Because
2: yeah. I think you and I, I think we all agree Deshaun Watson's number one. But the thing with Deshaun yeah. Watson is we don't know what the other trade packages could even be. So like, I think yeah. all, both you and I probably agree that like, I'd be willing to pay a lot in hopes that it's enough compared to say the jets. Cause maybe the Jets gun yeah, yeah, yeah. gunshot, cause if the jets have more capital, but they don't put it on the table, you could still win yeah. with a pretty decent offer. But if the jets decide we're going to put number, you know, the top pick in, there's only so much you can do at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, but I think we all agree there, but the way I looked at it, like when we, me and Jeff broke it down, it was lock and like a quote unquote competition. Lock and a real competition, like somebody that could feasibly become a number one quarterback for the season, yeah. or any number of the rookies is kind of like how yeah. I look at the three scenarios beyond uh, Watson. So I guess like, yeah. where do you stand with that? And then I guess, how does that change based on what the pro, which prospect?
0: Yeah, for any me, like, of- honestly, for me from like, uh, if I, if I was, you dropped me and I'm the GM in Denver. Mm-hmm. And and this isn't going to be popular. I, honestly, I, I wouldn't really be looking at any of the draft picks. Okay, it's just where my head's at right now in terms of what I honestly think this team could be. Mm-hmm. With, I mean, I, I think we and again Carolina is Carolina, right? But I think we saw a glimpse of where this team could be. And, and and I just think of the personnel groupings that are when when uh Sutton comes back. I talked about it last time, but getting into OT one, teach KJ Hamler how to handle the rock you force teams into dime all day against you and you motion him into the backfield. You got no offense. Like there's some, I I would go nuts. Right. And then not to mention D coordinators are going to sit there and prep, right? 14 hours a day for a formation, for a personnel grouping that you're going to run 10 times, right? You're going to drive people crazy. My number one thing to exhaust would be Sam Darnold. And I only say that because it's like, man, I, I went back, I'm going to do a breakdown on him and release it. Um, he's like been a guy who's been like requested a ton um, of just like, Hey, what was, you know, Hey, here's the flashes. And then what went wrong? Like, why did this show up? And the, what went wrong? Like I love Adam Gaze but there's so much that if you break down that all 22, it's just like, why are we doing this? And that's where for me, I would go and really, cause I think I, I feel like he, From a cost perspective, I feel like his cost is way down. I feel like he's like buying United Airlines in March, right? It's like 17 bucks a share. And you know the government's going to bail him out anyway, so let's just grab it, you know? So (laughs) to me, it's like, you know, I just felt like it's like you can get him so cheap compared to where I think you'll end up. Um, So I would really look at it. If I would really
1: look at him. We're, we're not costs- financial advisors. This is not financial. I'm kidding.
0: I've got to put that in there, right? <laughs> I love it. I
1: love it. That's funny.
2: My, my question with Darnell is how high would you go for that pick? Knowing Like the Broncos yeah. the Broncos pick near the top end of each draft. Uh, like, and again, like with the Broncos, it might not make sense anyway because a lock and lock yeah. and Darnold together might be an issue anyway. Um, I would
0: get rid. Right, I, I mean, if I was bringing that guy, lock for me would be gone only because I don't think It's a whole different conversation, but the health of a quarterback room with a guy who was the guy and then is no longer the guy, you have to be cognizant of that. And everyone hates hearing that, right? I I see it on NFL Live all the time where the D linemen are like, oh, what, they can't compete? And it's like, no, dude, they can. But this is the most, this is the only room that has to be functional. Every other room, you could have massive dysfunction, but it doesn't matter right because dns line up opposite each other yep the issue is if i come to the sideline and someone's like hey man you got you got three cloud on that third down and i go out there looking for three cloud and it turns out it was two man right or it turns out it was just two like we're screwed if communication there breaks down it's the team right is at risk and then you start building the fractions of who likes who and that's like you just can't have it
2: i i actually i i wanted to bug you about that anyway because that's one of those things like you have an insight into that in a way that most Our listeners just don't, and I think that does exist. That's one of the reasons why I thought Trey Lance didn't make sense, because if you bring yeah. in Trey Lance with Drew you're going to have the guy in the future because he got the draft status, and then you have yeah. the other guy, and it creates this whole issue. Plus, I think the role of a backup quarterback in a lot of situations that pays to have a guy who who can see the game, and having a rookie behind yeah. a guy who's young is going to create issues there too. I mean, that's the point,
0: right? I mean, you nailed it. That's you. You summarize it perfectly, Joe. Because listen. It, NFL teams are they're these guys that run these businesses aren't dumb. Mm-hmm. Nobody's paying Chad Henney 15 million or whatever they're paying him. It's not 15, but it's over it's 15 over a like lot. whatever many years. Yeah, but it's No a one's lot. paid him that much money because they really think, "Boy, if if Mahomes goes down, we'll still have a shot with Chad." That ain't why they're paying him. Right? They didn't. When I was in St. Louis, they didn't pay Kellen Clemens a ton of money because they thought that he's going to compete with Sam Sam Bradford. They just knew he's like the old, He's the best teammate, and it's literally like having another coordinator in the meeting room.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's you know that's the dynamic, and you don't need like let's be honest. Basically every NFL team on planet Earth, with the exception of if you grab a kid from Michigan in the sixth round who couldn't win a college job, is going to lose with their backup quarterback. Yep. Right. Like the Patriots did okay with Matt Castle, but not like they won a title. Right. So it's you're just you're not going to win.
2: And even when you do, those tend to be outlier situations where everything else, like, uh, Case Keenum, everything around him went right. He was in the perfect, like Pat Shermer worked all the magic to get everything out of it. And it was an outlier season. Like, yeah, it's not replicable.
0: Yeah. And it's just, you know, and then you talk about like, you know, Brady turned into who Brady is, but Brady early was highly protected from a game plan perspective. So, you know, there's so many nuances to it, but no, I think, you know i you know if you could get sam darnold I, I mean go back to the original question of what would i pay for him like listen i give up the number to me sam Darnold's worth a, the ninth overall pick and i say that because if you get a good quarterback you have you would trade up to one and take it yep so to me i you know i'd give up the ninth drew lock and and maybe a later pick and see if you can snag, you know see if you can give them a seventh and you can get a fifth or something but, uh, you know, realistically, that would be the guy that I would say, man, I'd love to see us go all in on. I'm not particularly in love with the Carson Wentz situation. Uh, I, I think it's another in which it's like, uh, you know, I, I I know he's, I know he can be talented in the league because he did it before. I, I also don't know how well I really think he fits Shermer stuff. If you think about kind of Shermer wants a little bit more, you know, even their run action is slight movement, whether it be setting over the B gap or like a rock where it's like a half roll, they do a ton of that stuff. Like think of many times we saw drew Locke sell boot, pull up on a half roll and hit like the XZ read. And he never like Doug Peterson. That's not Doug Peterson stuff, you know? Um, So I, I, I wouldn't really want to go and pursue him particularly. For, Um, For me, Wentz
2: makes sense if it's like a salary dump type thing. And uh, if it's yeah. anything else, I'm not all that interested because I don't think he necessarily fits the Broncos timeline in a great way. And I think again, like, yeah. like you said, I don't know necessarily if he's a good fit. And I just think like everything I've heard about the locker room stuff on top of that, just there's enough yeah. bad stuff there for me to not be that interested.
1: It's interesting yeah. to hear. I'm, I'm really excited now to watch your Darnold um, break down, right. I'm sure yeah. to make sure that our, our listeners and um, all the followers and stuff get it as soon as it comes out. But that's an interesting one because to me, he's a guy that similar to like a, he's a guy like a Drew Locke where you're looking for the flashes yeah. and assuming you can fix the other stuff, right? Like that's yeah. what you would be hoping for, for Locke in this next um, piece too. And to me, the flashes that you see out of Darnold and, and stop me if you disagree but To me, the flashes that you see out of Darnold are higher than what we saw out of Locke yeah. in terms of the wow stuff right and it's a matter of and i think the
0: fixes to be honest are way different because the fixes for drew to me are footwork and more fundamental driven because i honestly think when you go back and and i and when i was able what it was cool was to do that i did that thing where it was like a case for drew Locke. yep what was cool was i didn't watch the first few weeks on the all 22 so to actually go back and then be able to watch every pass that the broncos had this year gave me a brand new perspective of who Shermer was, who we evolved to and gave me a lot more confidence in Pat, honestly, than maybe I was jumping in the middle of it. Um, and the fix I see for Drew is footwork related and all these other things, which are, those are real changes, right? They're not like, you know, unless you work at it, you ain't going to fix it. Whereas Sam Darnold, I think literally you don't need to change anything about him. Just drop him in a new scheme. And, you know, I, I think honestly, I think he'd walk in with a guy like Pat Shermer, and he'd, do everything that the Broncos want to see. And I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, you know, he, he had some interception problems in college, people said, and that's what we're sewing up now. And it's like, okay, maybe, but it's also tough when you're seeing cover three and the call is speed post from the slot and it looks like you can't get out of it. Right. So, you know, like, listen, I, no matter who you are, you're throwing an interception there. If that's the call and it's a run it call and you don't have freedom, you know you're not really set up for success, so I, I I think you nailed it. I think it's you know I do think those I think not only are those fixes easier, but like you said about the flashes, there's a throw the dude makes that's like 40 yards on the run, and it's like it just it's Mahomes ish, right? It's it's it reminds you of why everyone thought he was the no brainer pick, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of USC. I'm
2: gonna go watch some Jets tape, so. <laughs> uh, well, don't mind me yeah.
1: <laughs> so speaking of no-brainer picks um let's get into these these breakdowns and first uh, of all, for our for our listeners as well um if you haven't seen the videos go check out yeah. um tim's youtube channel he's yep. got breakdowns on um all of these guys let's see i think so far we've got Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Fields, and Trey Lance, right? Yep. yep. All,
2: all so things I- QB. I have it. I subscribe to it. I get notifications for it. I recommend <laughs> it. Like, I, I mean it. Like, I, I, I've watched. I mean, I don't know if you, I, I, and again, like, I don't recommend doing this. But, like, I think I've liked over 100 of your videos at this point. So, but and I recommend I it. it. So if you haven't watched the videos, they're great. So, I recommend And it. there's
0: actually... There's actually some – like the breakdowns I think are cool, but there's some cool stuff that we put out like a really long time ago. That's And we put it out actually for our – we put it out for like our guys in our program to do uh, every Friday and every Tuesday. And I I, I think it's the best. It's like 40-something NFL plays installed and then the tape behind it, which helps, you know, learn the game a little bit from – you know, because it's so West Coast heavy, the terminology. So it really gives you the – hey this is what the highest verbiage possible would be you know because cliff kingsbury nowadays looks at those stuff and says that's called arizona (laughs) you know so it's a little different for for them but i think there's some decent stuff if people only want to watch like one minute
2: (laughs) Plus, well i mean there's the technical like i learned a lot of technical stuff because that's one of those things like i like growing up i felt like i understood quarterback just because i've read about it i watched it i played a ton of madden you know I'm that guy. Yeah. It's like, like, but like I'm watching your breakdowns and you start talking about like Trey Lance's feet. And a couple of terms you 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 talk about it. But then I'm like, Well, I want to see more of this. And yeah. it's up on the video like it's on your YouTube. So like, you can go and yeah. look it up. So it's again, if you don't already subscribe, I recommend it. So
1: I appreciate it. Question question for you based on the conversation we've been having. And it feels like if I'm summing up this correctly, if we're talking about these guys as prospects and coming into denver they would be coming in as the guy is how you would is how we would see it right as opposed to splitting the qb room and hey we're going to keep drew lock on and let these guys compete is that fair is are we looking at these guys as you know coming in being the guy from day one or how do you see that it's just into your evaluation a little
0: bit. Yeah. For me, for me personally, I think if you take someone at nine, I I would not I would make his path as clear as possible. If I were taking someone at nine, I would deal Drew Locke and I would go and get, you know, Fitzpatrick's a terrible example because of what happened in Miami. But to me that's more from a that was more management of them. Um, but I would go get someone like that. Okay. That's like, hey, clearly you're not our long-term guy. I, I I have a hard time. I don't know if I crown somebody week one because I think there's other developmental things that need to happen. Um, but you know, listen, there's some special guys that people do that for. Um, but that's kind of where my head would be at. I, I I really think, and I just think like you got to look at it from Drew's perspective. It, Drew's not old. He's uninterested in helping someone. Yep. So if they take someone at nine, you know, listen. It could be them. a friendly situation. It, if uh, just to be transparent, if I was that guy, it wouldn't be. Every time they recruited someone when I was in college, I it wasn't friendly. I didn't want to, I'm I wasn't gonna help them. And I told them that. But right? if they came over and asked me something, I'm like, listen, man, I no. Like, good luck. Like, yeah. and, and I know that that's not being a great teammate, but that's when you're young, that's the nature of the beast, especially when you deem, you know, when you deem them as not able to help, especially when you're in college, right? But they bring in a young guy, they can't help you achieve what you want to achieve. Your mission is to win and help your teammates and we're gonna go be successful. And like, listen, buddy, grab your clipboard and write some stuff down for me. You know? But that's that's where I think Drew's head would be. And we you know, make a other-
2: big deal about like Brett Favre doing that to Aaron Rodgers or Joe Flacco mm-hmm. doing that when Drew Locke was drafted. But like what you said, like the fact is that guy's kind of coming for your job. So it might make sense yeah. like to be that way. Even and, in the league.
0: And it depends on what age they are, where they're at in their career. You know, like Breeze and Jameis Winston right now, this is probably the first year that Drew Breeze would have done that for anybody. You know, if you think the guy who basically an NFL team said, we don't trust that you're going to rehab hard enough to get back, had didn't have a huge – Fu you painted on his shoulder every day, like, you know, and, and, you know, we all like to see the commercials of Peyton where he's selling you a Buick. But if you don't think that behind closed doors, that dude was a psycho when it came to competing, like you think Jim Sorgi ever was like, really going to take J- Peyton Manning's job. Peyton was like, Jim, you're here for one reason and one reason. Oh, is because I like you, you know, <laughs> if that changes, you're gone. So I just think. I just don't think drew lock would be wired to sit there and help Zach Wilson come along. So I just think from a, if I was in charge of the organization that if we're going to go the route at nine, I I think you get rid of him, you know, listen, I, it may prove that I know nothing and they keep both of them, but I just, I, I don't see that. And that's where, if I was a Broncos fan evaluating the quarterback prospects that are at the top of the draft, I would look at it as a, Hey, we're moving on to one of
1: these Mm -hmm. yeah i think that makes sense i mean you look at where locke's at in his career and from to your point on his perspective really i I mean it feels like like you see guys make resurgences late in their career kate like the kind of the outlier but locke really has maybe one more year two more years to prove to not just denver but the rest of the league hey i'm not a bust and i can do something besides floating around to just Backup jobs or whatever. I think it's this year. I honestly think
0: it's this year. And that's where, you know, and we we talked about it a little bit last time. We always do this with the there's no one in the next class, get your quarterback now, or it's over, you know, or this is the deepest class yet, you know. But the reality is, is to me, that where my head would be at would be Drew Locke another year. But if it's not twenty five and ten, it's over. We're moving on like that's enough of a run for me. And it's enough of a justification of like, even if they don't have OTAs again this year, like, you know what you're getting into, you know, the system, you know what you should be doing with the receivers. You know, there's not as much validity to the lack of OTAs, et cetera, that there is in year one, you know, and a lot of people crucify me for saying that, but in all reality, it's just like Peyton Manning came out the other day. You know, there's a couple of radio guys in town who I, I say that, and they hate it. Peyton Manning came out the other day and said, like, listen, Drew, in this system, like, you can't learn it unless you do it. And I think it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, unless you've been involved in a West Coast install, it's insanity.
2: Well, and for me, talking to you about it last time we had you on is really what kind of, it gave me validity to that, of the fact that, like, you've actually seen it, you actually know what it's like. When you're saying like yeah like the first year is kind of hell like it yeah. means more to me than a fan on twitter saying well i yeah, like drew yeah, Locke yeah. and this year <laughs> wasn't fair to him and it's like yeah again like i at no point do i think it's not fair to him my question yeah. for Locke is always and this is kind of like a good segue i think into where we're going the question yeah. from you with Locke versus like any of the rookies in this class and i think we can probably start to separate them down is like at 25 years old in year three drew Locke having played in missouri for four years like, in yeah. two years, is Drew Locke going to be better than if you draft Zach Wilson and in two years yeah. in the system, like, is that worth the cost of moving yeah. him, starting over? Or does it make more sense to see if Locke is the guy and then take a chance again? Um yeah. and, and again, like, and, and, and I had to have you on about this because, like like I said, I love your videos, but also, like, when I looked at your breakdown with uh, with Trey Lance, it's so intricate. And the fact is, like, it's not just intricate on what you saw, but it's once I have this guy in, these are the things I need to be able to see. These are the things I want to see him improve on. Like, if I'm working him out before the draft, these things he needs to show me, all that stuff. And, like, I think teams need to make those decisions. And the fact that you're already looking at it, to me, was just, like, that's... It's really eye-opening. Because, for me, that scared me away from Trey Lance altogether. Uh, yeah. Just because, like, I think... And this is, this is my opinion, but, like, Trey Lance makes sense in terms of, like, raw physical tools. Obviously, like, they stand out. But... He's the kind of guy you take when you know the coach has all the time in the world to fix him, too. Vic Fangio, if you take Trey Lance, Vic is going to get fired.
0: Yeah, I think he's the kind of guy, too, that you take if you have – like and I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but I would be willing to bet that internally the conversation around Patrick Mahomes was very similar to what I put on that Trey Lance scouting report. Mm -hmm. And when you have a guy like Alex Smith, who you know is going to perform well, but you're not you, you're not ruling out that I could deal him later. Boy, does it make it easier to grab a guy like that? Yeah, I would be surprised to see the Detroit Lions or the Rams now be a perfect fit for a Trey Lance, right? Mm-hmm. To where it's like, oh, there's a guy that we know will perform adequately, and now I'll have some time to develop this guy. Um, you know, like, listen, does he sit behind Stafford for a couple of years and all of a sudden tear the league? I, I don't know, but I think that that would be a great developmental spot for him i just think i, I my fear with trey lance is we are going to run this kid up the board so much that he's just going to go to a horrible situation yep. and get thrown in early and again I, i'm not saying he's i'm not i don't know anything about the kid off the field so this is an unfair comparison but that he like ryan leaves it right to where it's like he had every tool but it doesn't work out, and again, I don't. By well, every, but what everyone said is he's a fantastic kid. So I don't mean it from like. But it, but it's a nature versus
2: it's an it's a nature versus nurture thing though. Like yeah. Trey Lance might be a perfect prospect on paper, but you bring him into a shit situation and you don't support yeah. him and give him a real developmental track. Like you're putting a guy who played the at North Dakota State on the field and he's inexperienced. Like it's gonna show up. Like that's and what I a- do
0: when I watched his tape. And he also hasn't played meaningful football in, let's call it, 24 months. So, yeah. um, you know, and, like, listen, there's there's good stuff that comes with this side of the process of getting ready for the NFL. And there's some other stuff, too, that you get exposed to that you're coming from Fargo. The women are a lot better once you get to the draft. So I think that's one thing that, like, you know, more or less, you got to measure this as a whole. And he's a young kid. I just think there's so much that comes with it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be rooting for the kid, but I just think, you know what's hard is unless i were to come out and say trey lance is a bona fide top five pick i feel like i'm swimming against the stream well,
2: and that's how it is with like, all, i think that's how it is with all of them though Like this whole quarterback yeah. class is so lauded that if you're yeah. not like like basically falling behind them like like all over yeah. it like you essentially hate them and it's like here's my th- like uh, a good comparison for me is mac jones i don't yeah. love mac jones but I can see why Mac Jones would make a lot of sense too. Yeah, but th- that yeah. said, like, I, but I look at him and, I, and I'm not, I think some of the criticisms have validity. I think some of the, the yeah. good things, like the way he uses his eyes, it's awesome. Like watching, watching you break it down, watching it, it's just like that kind of stuff jumps out at me immediately. And even though he is relatively inexperienced in terms of like his actual, his actual resume, the fact that he's able yeah. to do that on tape, his, his one year in college football, like that says a lot to me.
0: Yep. And, so it what, shows you right that he, and and that's where when people talk about Alabama's advantage, like honestly, I think their advantage, don't get me wrong, they get the best players. I think their advantage is less about the best players and more about, you can literally tell that they're an NFL team playing in college. I don't mean from they could go and beat the Dolphins because that's just an insult to the league. It's not true. But what they could do is their coaches could walk into an NFL organization and coach. And that's, I'm not trying to throw shade at Ohio State, but Justin Fields should have dominated that Alabama defense, in my opinion, with how talented that kid is. And they did nothing to help him. Like, offensively, they ran literally everything that Alabama's, like, match zone man is built to stop. And I'm just sitting there, like, I remember doing my Justin Fields breakdown. I'm just sitting in my office, like, pissed off. Right. And like our coaches are checking. But it's like they did everything, in my opinion, to ensure that this kid couldn't go be go like beat Trevor Lawrence and be the number one pick. Like I really think if he goes out and dominates Alabama and is set up in a good situation, there's a real conversation to be had today. I think mainstream conversation about Justin Fields won. I really do. And they just set him up for failure. And that's where for me it's like. I watched the game, I graded it, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're running everything that like literally this Alabama defense was built to stop, what do you do? All I can do is grade the fact that the kid still competed his ass off and made some incredible throws. But what am I going to do? Hold him accountable for the interception he threw that it's like, I know what he was getting coached and that's where he's getting coached to go with it. And guess what? It's just a, it's just a horrendous play call.
2: I remember at one point during the Justin Fields breakdown, you said that this is like the equivalent of like sixth grade math. Yeah. Like like he was, well, and again, I don't have it in front of me. So like, I'm going to butcher the paraphrasing, so I apologize. But you essentially were like, there's either these two things that Justin Fields did or Ohio state has this built into their system. And if that's the case, we have a whole another problem. Because yeah. Then because then he's jumping from a very simplistic offense
0: you know,
2: to the ocean.
0: Yeah. And it was and it was off the side adjust. It was yep. the side adjust that was and and it's you know to me it's either him and his receiver both missed it right or it's not in the offense and if it's not in the offense like and those are those are the conversations that frankly we're not all privy to and honestly I don't know how my fear is the more and more I've been around the draft process and I'm talking about it from the NFL perspective, the more and more friendly coach player has become in certain organizations. And then the ones that keep on, you know, keeping on don't really have that same, you know, you could say the chiefs do the chiefs are a very friendly organization by and large and the Patriots had a down year, but, no one would ever meet Bill and be like, that guy's a nice guy, (laughs) right? Like no one's ever said that. My fear is I don't know if people are putting him on the spot. And I also don't know if people are putting Ohio State on the spot of like, hey, what the hell happened here? How come you're playing Indiana and the kid who's supposed to, I'm supposed to take and pay $15 million to didn't see a side adjust. Mm -hmm. And if you don't install it, why are you not? like, I don't think those questions get asked. I think they're kind of afraid to burn that relationship. Because those relationships are key in the UDFA process that nobody talks about, right? Of, you know, hey, I'm trying to sign a kid for 5,000 bucks. Will you tell him to come here? So there's a little bit of, there's a reason the New England Patriots get every Alabama UDFA who turns into any relative of a good player is because Saban and Belichick's relationship, right? Like, you know damn well Saban's sitting there telling him, no matter what, if New England offers you $10,000 less, still go. Mm-hmm. Right, So that's where it's like, I don't know how much those questions are being asked, but I think that's the most important thing to dig on Fields. And Fields fields was interesting because I think Zach Wilson's clearly cut above. The Fields, Mac Jones, I'm going to be super transparent. I had Fields at two, Mac Jones at three. I just think Mac's better than Trey Lance. I know the ceiling argument for Trey. I just – I, I feel like the amount of work that needs to go into it, I just don't. I, I see that as like. The range of
2: outcomes is different.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. A,
2: there, it, the the, the range, like, and, and I see that with Trey Lance too. Like the, the, the possibility that he becomes the best possible version of himself is pretty small, and he has to land in an ideal situation for that to happen. And granted, every prospect is like to some degree yeah. at the whim of like their landing spot, but I think like Lance, Lance is more so. And I think it's like Mahomes. In, in a way, I think Mahomes would have been a good quarterback no matter what. Like, again, I'm not trying to take away from him, but he landed with Andy Reid. Like, yeah,
0: put him in New York, and I bet you he looks like Sam Darnold, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. But for me, the the reason I bumped Mac up was I was privy to a conversation, um, and he has, in my outside look, again, every making of a kid who's going to keep a hit list of everyone drafted in front of him and make sure that he's the last one standing and kicks everybody's ass. And if you have that kind of mindset, and I think, I don't know how, like to me, it kind of makes a lot of sense. When you look at him on the sideline, like, has he ever smiled? Like he, he stuck it out at Alabama. There's a lot to me from his, what I can already tell backbone of him that I think is going to be a really, really good thing for an NFL franchise. Um, You know, and he just, you know, and this is, I always say this, like, and it's obviously inflammatory and it's not meant to be taken seriously, but there's another kid that I remember everyone tried to chase out of his college and they always recruited a better player and he barely could really play. He turned out to be pretty okay. He was drunk on tequila in Tampa Bay today, I think. So, um, you know, you know, I remember everyone wanted Drew Henson or whatever over Brady's. I think it's
1: like he's from boat to boat.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But to me, it's like, I just think he's got a lot of those making. So for me, that was the reason for the jump. Um, yeah. And I, and I want to be transparent about that because it's in reality, nothing Justin Fields could have controlled either. I do still feel like Zach Wilson, when I evaluated his tape, I honestly feel like he was clearly a step above both those guys. What, um, what, what about Zach Wilson to you separates him from the other two? So, I think the thing with Zach that's so impressive is I, one, I went into, I try to go in as unbiased as I can, but you guys know that's impossible, right? Like, it's impossible. I went in there thinking I'm going to hate the kid because every clip that was tweeted at me, like, you're going to love him, was like, it was like, this isn't the reason to love somebody, right? Like, you're looking at the wrong stuff. What I walked away super impressed with was, I mean, the the clip that stands in my head that I love the most was off of play action. Blitzers free, and he immediately goes from his stick at eight, resets down to the read flat, hits the back, and the back takes it for a touchdown. Now, back taking it for the touchdown was because they weren't playing a great team. A free runner in your face and immediately aborting the deep over the shallow and getting right away to the read flat. Because I know how that's coached. It's coach stick at eight to the deep over to the shallow to the read flat. To abort, right? And hey, I don't need any of this else, reset and go. It doesn't matter your level of processing if you make a decision like that so those kind of things you know listen i'm not gonna lie watching him just throw screens is like poetry motion. like the way he changes his arm angle like it's aaron Rodgers ish um you know he he drove the deep over he could drive the stick at eight his arm isn't going to be an issue um i really liked one of the clips where he throws sluggo and he pumps and then he kicks back, holds the safety and then gets back outside. Those are the things that translate right away to the NFL. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, mean, that's honestly why I, you know, and there were very few real boneheaded decisions.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and honestly, like, and, and do I think if you drop Justin Fields into BYU's system, you could have a similar take on him. I absolutely do. But unfortunately he wasn't there. And yeah. you know, all you can really do is evaluate. And and honestly, I just think and then you add the mobility. Like, listen, I think this kid's free, I think this kid's twitchy. I think he can make people miss. I think he can do the Mahomes-ish of, hey, you gave me two man on third down, and I just broke off a 25-yard run, slid down, and we're moving the chains. So I think those are all the things you get with Zach Wilson. Um and that's you know, and like, listen, I, I've only watched one thing on Trevor Lawrence. And it was the the 2019 national title. Okay. I, yeah, man. I, I think I might get run I, I think Twitter might cancel me with where this take is going. But um I see what everyone sees in him. I don't think he's and again, I gotta watch two more. Where I'm at right now is I don't think he's as bona fide Andrew Luck, untouchable as he's maybe being sold as. And okay. I wonder if that narrative changes the closer we get to the draft. That would be my wonder.
2: Well, one thing, one thing I want to ask about that with uh, with Trevor Lawrence specifically is: I know this time last year, before the season, like before the 2020 season, really, well, before COVID, all that, like back when yeah. we were thinking about 2020 as a normal season, yeah, uh, there was a lot of discussion about Trevor Lawrence, and I know a lot of the other quarterback, like people who really evaluate quarterbacks, they had questions about Trevor Lawrence versus Fields for that reason. Is yeah. that they, they kept saying like Trevor Lawrence was, it was almost like he peaked early, very early and then he just kind of coasted. And I haven't yeah. studied his tape yet because I just know Denver doesn't have a chance at him. But, yeah. but, but I just, I, I do know that that was a thing that was asked. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think you're out in the wild on that at all based on yeah. the national title game. So
0: it's just, I mean, listen it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you root for all these kids. But some people get sold in a way and like the kind of mainstream narrative that's just like, and then I, and then we wonder why fans don't know what they're talking about. Like I saw Trey Lance compared to Andrew Luck. That's the most, that's, the, that's the worst comparison of all time. Andrew Luck was like as polished as you can get from every aspect. He literally, I guarantee if you charted his drop variability, he probably had close to 50 drops in college. Because guess who was there before David Shaw? Jim Harbaugh, who believes in a pro style, right? As pro style as it gets. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance has like six drop variability, right? Like it's not six, but he doesn't have very many. Well, and that's really part of his learning curve. And that's where it's like, it's just like these comparisons that get thrown around. I sit there and I'm like, oh my God. But it's all right. We'll figure it out eventually.
1: <laughs> I've got a question for you based on that, then. Yeah. Because- if Wilson, let's say, you know, he's probably not available to Denver at nine, right? Based yeah. on things that you're seeing and based on what it feels like the, the rest of the league is picking up on, on him. How high up would you go if you were the Broncos? What's it worth? You know, is he a guy that you do move up for and make, aggress- make an aggressive move if somebody wants to come down at two or something like that? What, what does that look like in your mind? I
0: mean, my my answer is going to be terrible for you because Zach Wilson being QB one for me, let's say that's where he shook out on my board internally as a as an organization, would be highly dependent on the workout I could put him through, mm-hmm. and I can't. Yeah, all I can do is zoom him. So that's where that's where I could see Lawrence staying at one. Okay. Um, for you know if a team can't really get their hands on these kids because pro days are great but like listen i've scripted a few pro days <laughs> you yeah you know it's like a first date we can all fool somebody for one night right i could rent a car i could buy some nice shoes i could look like i'm somebody you know wait, but- wait
2: you're telling me that is what everybody does on the first day i thought it was <laughs> the the <laughs> that's
0: the only way i got my wife man i was like oh yeah this is my sweet car and then i pulled up in the taurus the next night you know but uh No, it's, uh, you know, like, listen, I just think pro days are scripted. Uh, You know, everybody knows what it's about. If you mess up your pro day, that's the bigger, the bigger red flag is if your pro day isn't great. Right. Because it's like Bridgewater for 12 weeks. Yeah. And you Teddy Bridgewatered it. Right. So that's where it's like, you know, that's what I I would be worried about because I would love to see. What I can get out of Zach Wilson, because honestly, if I could flip his feet and he looks great and I can put him through a bunch of the stuff from under center and he looks natural at it, I mean, I would trade up as high as as high as we need to. Uh, I mean, I just think he's I I think he's a I really think that he's the kid that we might look back and then everyone who said he can't play is going to be like, oh, what do you mean? I had him at one. You know, like, I think that's,
2: that might be I the kid.
0: Went. And again, I like he, 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 go on, sorry. No, I just think he, he, you know, I just think he might be that kid that, that, that turns out to be the best from this class. I do too.
2: Uh, and again, I, again, I haven't watched Lawrence at all, but that's, that's where I land with the guys I've watched is, I mean, I love everything I've seen with Wilson. Like, I think there's questions. Like, I think you need, obviously, I think you need to see some stuff. But yeah, yeah I, the arm talent to me is just, it, it's there. The decision sure. is there. Yeah. And again, like I think there's some adjustment stuff, but like for, for what I know of the Broncos offense, I felt like he makes sense as a fit too. And that's yeah. really helped because the only other of the guys that look like a really clean fit for the Shermer offense. And again, we haven't seen it with fields just because he was in the Ohio state, but like, I thought yeah. Mac Jones makes some sense for it. And I haven't been yeah. studying him yet, but, but those two to me stand out as like the cleanest fits for Shermer. Uh, but here's my question for you without having that, because like the whole pro day thing, to me is one reason why if it was up to me, if the Broncos aren't going after a quarterback at nine, I want them to trade down and I want them to just click clicks because you're just taking shots anyway. Half these guys, you're not gonna have real information on. And a lot of yeah. these guys are 20, 20, 20 opt-outs that you're only gonna see at a pro day. And again, like a guy might be eating cheeseburgers for a, like, for a year yeah. and show up for a pro day and he's athletic enough that he can get away with it for a pro day. So like, that's a, it's a concern for me, but, but with those questions, what quarterbacks, if if you knew you needed a quarterback and he fell to you yeah. at nine, let's say, let's say Drew Locke isn't even in the equation. Yep. Let's say that you're at nine and any one of these quarterbacks falls to you. Who do you actually feel comfortable taking without having real information on?
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh, for me. Uh, and again, uh, I'll put Trevor Lawrence in the mix. For me, it would be, <laughs> this is going to be so unpopular. It would be Zach Wilson. And then it would be really close. And I hate saying this because people are going to crucify me, but it would be really close between Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones. And I know people are going to crucify me, but that's the truth. I, there's a lot to love about Mac Jones and what he brings to Shermer's offense. And then there's a lot to love about Trevor Lawrence, but he won't be asked to do those things in the Shermer offense. So then it doesn't matter, right? Like if you have a great three point shooter. But the three-point line doesn't exist. Is he? You know what? Like it doesn't matter. And that's the thing about Trey Lance and Justin Fields is their added dimensions don't matter. They're not going to never line up and gun and run read zone. He won't do that. He doesn't believe in it. And honestly, if I was an offensive coordinator in the NFL, I wouldn't either. I don't think it's sustainable. And that's where like the old school guys, and you could call me old school but that's where the thought process is different. I don't think it's like, I don't want a mobile quarterback because everybody would love to add a dimension. But like, let's be honest, Matt LaFleur up in Green Bay, he's pretty old school. How often do you see Aaron Rodgers run read zone or quarterback power? Not very often, but he can extend plays. Schottenheimer's doing the same thing with Russell Wilson. They added every once in a while as a wrinkle, but it's not a real staple. So, and I mean, listen, look what happened with Kansas City. I mean. Kansas City running speed option and Patrick Mahomes getting hurt should kind of be the thing of like, unless you're Lamar Jackson special or Cam Newton special running the ball, let's not do it. Because yep. if I lose Patrick Mahomes on speedo, like, you know, I'm going home and telling my son to punch me square in the face. I'm going to be like, Mac, he's four. And I'm going to say punch me. You know, it's just like, it's not what you want to do. So I think that's who I would have. I would have Zach Wilson clearly as one. And then I would have, and this is going to sound so stupid to people that don't really watch the tape, but I honestly, I would have a hard time deciding between Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence for the Broncos right now. And you know, so be it. Cause everyone know everyone oh, right I- now Trevor Lawrence is one and you got to crown him. And I just think from what I've seen so far, and I've only watched one game and it being the national title, I don't think it's as clear cut. And I don't think his tools are as generational as people are selling them as, I'm not saying he's not elite at those tools, but when you talk generational, you're talking like, Hey, we won't see it again. That's Mahomes. That's yeah. not what Trevor Lawrence has put on tape generationally. Like You won't ever see a Superman pass from him that hit someone in the face mask, right? Like. It comes down to
2: ceiling versus floor, and like, yeah. and I think, and I think, in a lot of ways, people fall for tools, and they tie yeah. that to athletic tools. When at quarterback, yeah, that's important. Like, I think athletic tools are obviously important, yeah. but I don't think it's the end all, be all at quarterback. And that, and again, we've seen it. Peyton Manning didn't have the best tools. Tom Brady didn't have the best tools. Drew Brees didn't have the best tools. And again,
0: in terms of athletic tools, Philip Rivers. I mean, keep the list goes on and on of yeah. guys that have overachieved drastically. Well, and I think
2: that's one of those things that's And again, I I don't
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lol actually a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Your understanding of what Mac Jones is doing is on a higher level than what I, but I can see the appeal of him because his decision-making is so good. And again, and yeah. I, like, I haven't had a question about his arm. I don't think his arm is special, but I think his arm is NFL no. caliber. So like when people- yeah, it's, tell not, me,
0: it's not special. Yeah. yeah,
2: but but when people are like, oh, his arm is crap. He can't be a first on quarterback. It's like, dude, like, like you don't need, you don't need a special arm to be a successful quarterback. But if you don't have a special arm, you need to have other stuff in your game to lift yeah. you up. And I think it is worth having the discussion that Mac Jones may very well have it.
1: So if we're talking about the, the thing that I had, have a question on too, is we're talking about guys like Mac Jones or, or Zach Wilson as you know the best fit for the Broncos right now, I guess the one counterpoint to that. And I agree with you. I don't yeah. I disagree with the, um, you know where they fit and how they fit with Shermer is, are we giving Shermer too much weight? I guess would be the counter argument. Is he um, enduring enough? If you're the Denver Broncos, that you draft your quarterback around Pat Shermer, when theoretically, I mean, if the offense doesn't perform next year, does Pat Shermer have a job next year? Yeah. You know, you know are you are you drafting your quarterback for a guy that's not going to be around?
0: I mean, that's the best question. The issue is he's in the building. So he's going to have massive weight because it's going to run through the scouts. But then ultimately, I would hope that if they're taking a quarterback at nine, he's sitting in there and asking that kid some questions. Um, So, yeah, I mean, listen, like we uh, the answer is yes, we are 100 percent giving him up too much weight. The the theoretical other situation would be to give him not as much weight, though, which then guarantees we suck. You yeah. know, it was a great quote I heard one of my mentors when I first started uh like running a real business and not just like going to the park and, and meeting the kid for five bucks when I was trying to buy a McDonald's burger was he said, Hey, you know, you know, he's talking about training, you know, everyone. And you know, someone was saying, Hey, what's the cost of training all our people? And then someone said, What's the cost if we don't? Yeah. Right? Like you know, what's <laughs> it cause someone was saying, What's the cost if we train all our people and they leave? And then someone else was like, well, what's the cost if we don't train them? Right. We're going to suck as an organization. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, unfortunately, Shermer's the guy in there. And if you don't ask him, you're guaranteeing that we're not successful. So you have to ask him the issue the the, the question is, is do you believe in him long term? Um, you know i think if the Bron- i honestly think if the broncos were really leaning quarterback at 9 i wouldn't be surprised if that if it have would happened. happened yeah i wouldn't and then i wouldn't be surprised if they ended up taking a kid at 9 if Shermer. yeah i would be that would be an interesting thing to see how that pans out because i just you know you would hope that George and everyone's evaluating the quarterback just on who they think is going to be the most successful in the NFL. The issue is you're almost guaranteeing then Shermer's out the door. Um, and I just don't think that's going to be the case because from my perspective, evaluating the tape from week one to 17, the wrinkles that they were putting in, uh, you know, there's some real grief to have and We talked about it last podcast about the P and 10 plays and a bunch of the other stuff, but some of the wrinkles they were putting in were special. Like the two point play was a great one that they had snagged from, I think Arizona did it the week before. There was some really good stuff that they were not only curating from the rest of the NFL, like everybody does, but then teaching it in a way that the young guys were able to execute it without ever being on the field. Mm. That's the other thing that I was more excited to see was they were putting in wrinkles in week 15, 16, 17, that they hadn't run. And, like, did the Broncos practice at all? It felt like those last few weeks, like they were always in a COVID protocol and on Zoom meetings. And not so to me, it's not only were they running new stuff, but to install it without field time with a really young team shows that he was really becoming a better teacher because early in the season, that was a struggle. We had guys busting left and right, like route concepts that I just know damn well are never put like you know, route concepts that high school coaches would get together and laugh if another coach did. Like, Shermer's not doing it. You know it was a bust. And that's where it's like, okay, if that's – if he was evolving his teaching style too, that's something that I would be really excited about. But, you know, Jeff, to be honest, yeah, we're putting way too much – way too much stake on it. But I don't think there's another way
1: to to realistically do it if you go quarterback at nine. Yeah, and I think it's a great point because then you end up trapping yourself in that cycle that we're kind of in with Drew Locke, which was – my point when scangarello was kind of let go within a year it's like well now you're just extending Locke's question mark time yeah. for another season And so if you do the same if you if you do the same with Shermer, you're 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 creating an almost three-year window for your young quarterback you just drafted because yeah. you know he goes a year and then you fire the guy and then you have a you have to have another new year system and then you have to okay now you're two in that guy's system so now you're yeah. in year three of your quarterback's contract So yeah, I do, I do agree with you. And listen, and,
0: and again, when we talk about young, when we talk about a league that it's just clear, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win, right? What's not clear cut is how much you can win because we've seen great guys not win at all and really good guy or pretty good guys win the whole thing, (laughs) but you need one. It goes to show the importance in my opinion, of hiring an offensive minded coach and people hate it because you, we keep seeing these young guys get these jobs that were not like, what the heck. But the nice thing is, is when your head coach is offensive minded, it's his system. Someone else is calling the plays very what very well could be calling the plays. But when he leaves, the system's the same. Mm-hmm. The issue is we have a defensive head coach. So when these OCs leave, everything changes yeah so like just take for example sean mcveigh if sean McVay was not calling plays okay Broncos signed me up right i'm an offensive minded guy i'm gonna dictate to the uh, to the oc our terminology and the root and the family that our offense comes from he'll have freedom within it the issue but when you dictate terminology and everything then when he leaves and someone else comes in it's all the same for the players Yep. We take for granted how much change just in spitting out the play call for Drew Locke from one year to another. You went from, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but Scangarello or whatever, which is West Coast-ish, but the way that they had been doing it, it's kind of like a newer age. Like concepts are code words. So it'd be like, okay, Twins right, gun, F counter. They still have the same formation base, but they're calling everything New York special. And that's the two tags Shermer, i can guarantee is old school and it's twins right gun f counter scat right cat f bin x shallow h sneak that's completely different yeah and so those are the little things that if you have an offensive minded head coach would never change and you could expedite it but um you know the broncos we have a defensive head guy and that's i honestly think in a league that's quarterback driven, that's why these young offensive guys are getting these jobs. It has nothing to do with we're biased to offense. No, we're not. We just know if your quarterback sucks, you really just don't have a shot, no matter what. what with the exception of
1: You want to do the Andy Reid, Mahomes thing, where the head yeah. coach and quarterback get paired up for you know five, ten years.
0: And we've seen it with Bienemy, right? Like you know, I know a lot of people are trying to say he doesn't call plays, and I don't know the real ins and outs of it. But there are a lot of times that it looks like he calls plays and whether he calls plays for a six game stretch or not, it's all the same thing. And if the gets a head job, the next guy in it's going to be the same thing. They're not changing it to what he does. And that's because, right, like you're saying, Andy Reid's the head coach. And a lot of what Andy Reid does, (laughs) there's a lot of rumors going around about, well, the doesn't call every play, but he calls certain games. And it's like, what a smart thing, because then you change all your tendencies, right? Like if, hey, I have a play caller who calls 10 games and another guy who calls six, you're naturally not going to call the games the same. So now if I'm a D coordinator thinking about, well, on third down last week, they ran this. Guess what? Andy's calling this week, right? It's, I mean, I, I think it's brilliant. Um, unfortunately, it it's, seems to be playing against the enemy a little bit. But I think from a team perspective, it, uh, team perspective I think it's brilliant. It's a brilliant move. You know, and I wonder if some teams like the Rams with McVeigh calling, like start to implement some stuff like that, you know, as they build a guy with more trust. Bruce Arians did it with Byron Lefwich. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a really cool idea, but you have to have an offensive head guy to do that. We don't have that. So we are where we're at. <laughs>
1: I guess one positive on that. And we, I know we've got to let you go. We're, we're running um, over on time, but the one positive on that, I guess is that Shermer is at a point in his career potentially where maybe he stays OC for a while. I guess that's the yeah. one positive of bringing in like an older veteran OC that's done the head coach thing, came back. Maybe they just want to be the OC um, as opposed to like a guy that, you know, it's a young up and coming guy who like a Brandon Staley on defense for the Rams. You know, he gets a job. He's great at DC and then he's on to a head coaching yeah. job here. You're kind of screwed.
0: Well, that's a, i mean that's the truth about when they made the Shermer hires when you don't have an offensive-minded head coach you don't have as many options because you now have to think about career longevity for that guy yep um and a lot of these guys you know if they come in as offensive coordinators they do a good job they're gone well because everyone knows how the league is going and unfortunately a lot of people celebrated the the, the vic hire and i'm not saying it was a bad hire right I, I, i'm not trying to say that but a lot of people celebrated as oh we're getting Defensive. We're going to be tough and old school, and it's like, all right, man. You can go ahead and say that Tampa Bay was gritty all you want, but that wasn't why they won a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl because, you know, twelve was down there, and then when you have that guy down there who's willing to let Bruce Arians put him on blast in the media, your whole culture changes, and then everyone becomes right. You're you're all on blast, and you all better perform because this guy who has six rings is getting trashed in the media every Monday by Bruce Arians. <laughs>
2: So my, my last question, I, well, it's kind of a two-parter just because I I can't, we, we, a lot of our listeners are kind of armchair GMs. So I kind of, you know, I kind of give a little bit to them. If you were trying to evaluate like for like the big traits that, you know, listeners should be looking for if they're watching these quarterbacks, what are a couple of the things that they should kind of keep an eye out for as they try to make their own list for the Broncos quarterback? Like if they're looking at this class and they're trying to
0: figure out, you know, who the right guy is. Oh, I think the number one thing you have to look for is pro style throws on tape. And I talk about it. It's stick at eight, deep over. We want to see a we want to see that field out. You want to see stick. You and you don't need to confirm that he can throw a six yard stick. You need to confirm that he can throw it on time. Because the biggest thing, and I pointed out on the Trey Lance video, is he hitches, yep. completes a stick, the guy gets rocked, and that's an FCS safety coming down. Imagine when it's Earl right? Tom is screaming down to take out someone's knee. It's different, you know? So those are the things that you want to see. You want to see the movement. You want to see a movement to hit it and over movement to the comeback. You want to see those kind of things, a basic. Those are the things that I think, number one, you want to see on their tape. The next thing I want to see is a muddy pocket. Like how do they navigate it? Where do their eyes go when it's muddy? Um, if things don't go right, do their eyes go down or do their, you know like the most the thing that i tweeted out about mac jones when he dropped the fumble snap and i made the joke about you know the fumble completion was it johnny Manziel or was it mac jones but those are those are what i want to see next the next thing for me is the drop variability like how many different drops has he been asked to do and then you know what are we gonna have to teach him and then the last thing would be something we all don't have access to but what kind of backbone do you think the kid has because no matter who it is you know, the only guy that I can remember having, honestly, the, the smoothest pass, I think the smoothest path to success we've ever seen is maybe Peyton Manning. Um, still probably rough year one. And then you go through the nerve thing, you know, your football backbone means a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no matter what, it's not going to be easy on any of these guys. So that's the next thing that you want to find out. But, you know, listen, it, it's tough for us, right, to find out about those kids um, and especially this year, right? No one's got access to him really at the senior Bowler combine like normal. Um, but those would be kind of the four things that for me I'd look for, you know, and the football character, I, I talked about it a little bit on Twitter. I did like a little FAQ, but my biggest thing is, are you willing to look, you know, are you willing to be perceived as a dick in order to hold everyone accountable? That's the number one trait in my opinion. Quarterback's just the ultimate leadership position, but to me, that's the number one trait no matter what it is, because we've all worked at jobs and done things where it's like, boy, I I really thought that guy was nice, but it turns out he just was never honest with me. And you always leave and you think to yourself like, man, I wish they would have just said the truth to me. Uh Um, And that's what I think is really important from the quarterback spot. But again, right, like holistically in life, I think that's important in everything, you know, like, marriage or whatever it be if you're just transparent everything's going to be better no matter how much people look at you that first time and say that guy's a dick they'll they'll like it more later and that's what i want to see from a quarterback from that off the field in that football backbone would be my number one thing and and you find that out by talking to their teammates right you know hey when you ran a wrong route what was mac like did he tell you did he you know what was it like you know It'd be an interesting thing to ask Justin Fields. If you talk to his, you know, and this is too in the weeds, but I can't help it. If you ask Justin Fields, offensive coordinator, was this a missed sight or do you guys not have it? And he confirms it's a missed sight, The best question would be to go and find that receiver and say, what did Justin say to you when you missed the sight of Justin this game? Because if he went over to the sideline and said, Emmeffer, when that corner comes, you better be hot. We got something. If the kid doesn't know, because no one talked to him, that's going to be a red flag of eh, probably someone I don't want to touch. Cause there's going to be a lot of those situations in the NFL where someone doesn't run the right route or someone's not doing the right stuff. I saw an interesting study and I, I got to, I, I was going to tweet it out. Someone ran a correlation of years in the NFL. And again, I, 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 at first I want to like step around this, the COVID thing gently, cause I'm not a doctor and I don't know anything but it was years your quarterback had been in the NFL to how many opt outs you had and it was like the more years in the NFL the less opt outs you had and it was fascinating cuz it's like i could have could you not imagine tom brady in tampa bay like what are you going to do you're no not this year <laughs> well, we need uh, i want another uh, ring <laughs> well,
2: it's it's one of those things that and again like and and i think you agree i think we all agree like you know like i'm not bemoaning a guy opting out like it's a pandemic no 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 no. i just just gotta clarify because like i i I well for me again and i already mentioned it but like this draft terrifies me because of opt-outs and again i don't blame any of the prospects for opting out but from an evaluator standpoint it's awful like it's the one i think
0: but one that i've been interested in that i think it hurts the most from quarterback is the jamie newman kid because i really think that he played at georgia and I, again, I'm the same as you. I'm not going to, I don't know anything about the kiddo, his family. There's so many things that go into that decision, you know, for all we but, know, his, you know, his sister or somebody could be at high risk and you know, he's doing the ultimate selfless thing by, you know, so yeah. we don't know, but but, but he's he, a kid that I think if he goes to Georgia and dominates, oh my, I mean,
2: same. it's, it's one of those things I think about, like, I, I do mock drafts sometimes and I he'll come up in like that, that, quasi day three range like the end of day yeah. you know. and I always think I'm like maybe like it might be a chance you know it's it's somebody yeah. could strike gold on with him but but no to yeah. your point though I thought it was interesting that New England had the most opt outs in the league yeah. after losing Tom Brady everyone basically yeah. said hey we won our Super Bowls Tom's gone like I'm out <laughs>
0: you know? well and I do wonder and again I you know I, I feel bad when we make light of it because yeah obviously and I'm not trying to make you. yeah but it's like you do wonder how many opt-outs New England has if Tom Brady's the one that they have to go through. Yep. Right. If I was Bruce Arians, I wouldn't have taken a single one of those phone calls and I'd be like, if you want to opt out, you gotta call 12, <laughs> you know, you gotta go call that guy and tell him. Cause yeah, I mean, Tom Brady is the kind of guy who'd be like, oh, you know, so and high I'll buy you a house, we'll, we'll keep you there. Like, <laughs> you know, he's the kind of guy who's, he took, I was reading an article that said he took over $60 million of pay cuts with the Patriots. Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, call it call it call it, unf- call it
2: unfair all you want, but I've looked at the difference. Uh, I looked at this this is a whole thing, but like I looked at a salary cap uh, study of him and Peyton Manning. Wait, like this is a few yeah. years back now. But one of the big differences between Peyton Manning with the Colts and Tom Brady with the Patriots was every single year the difference in salary Tom Brady took was a, the enough to pay for a nickel corner.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. And that stuff shows up, like it's it's a yeah. team game. So like that's. And matters. listen,
0: it helps when it helps when you roll over at night, and she might make more money than you, and you're oh, yeah. a Super Bowl yeah. champion. That's that's probably. You know, yeah. But but no, I you know like listen, that's a you know making light of it, but that didn't go through his brain. That dude was sitting there looking and saying, "I want to win every freaking game." Yep. I'm rich enough, right? And I think it's that interesting dynamic of. And again, this is nothing, not to get back to the Russell Wilson thing, but it's nothing against Russell, but it's interesting because if I'm going to complain about what I have around me while making the max, you know, listen, we can't go over the salary cap. This isn't basketball. You know, we have a hard cap. So, you know, there's something to be said about why Brady always had people around him is because he was willing to say, you know what? I don't need as much. Cause I want to go and kick everybody's ass. And I think that showed up again in Tampa Bay.
2: Well, that's, I think that's also one reason why I don't, I don't give any, like, I don't, I never had any issue with Tom Brady leaving new England because yeah. he was doing that all that time. And at the end of last year, he didn't have any receivers. And again, yeah. yeah, they made moves late to try and get them, but it was like, when you're the one giving up all this money and they start to yeah. fail to support you at that point, it's like, well, I'm out then. Like he gave it
0: years. Or they start to, you know, it, you could tell, it started to get to where people were taking Yeah. Yeah. 100%. If so, if I was taking what ended up being a $100 million of pay cuts, and I felt like at every turn my coach was kind of trying to do something to stick it to me, it'd be like, okay, I'll stick it to you. I'm going to go down here. I'm going to win another one while you don't even make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I know everybody's going to opt out when I'm gone. <laughs>
1: well Tim this has been a blast again and, and again we could go on for another three hours I mean this is we could
0: I could jam for like five more hours and we'd just do
1: a marathon podcast one day <laughs> but thanks so much for coming on um, listeners and and everyone who will see this hopefully uh, you've learned something I know I have um, go check out Tim's videos we've got one coming up with Trevor Lawrence Sam darnold as well The Sam darnold thing that 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 intrigues me i'm, I'm excited about that um,
0: i'm pumped up i'm pumped up i think it's gonna i think it's i think it's pretty decent but it'll probably bomb so <laughs> but
2: if you don't already follow him go click the follow at tim uh, t jenkins elite if you are on youtube all things qb um yeah thanks so much for your time
0: man thank you guys for having me on it was a blast